No matter what anybody tells you, words and ideas can change the world. Don't make a bit of sense to me. If that's what being crazy is, then I'm senseless, out of it, gone down the road, wacko. But no more, no less. Welcome to Unhinged, episode 31, recorded October 30th, 2016. Tomorrow is the day when everyone gets to wear masks for fun, as opposed to having to wear masks just to hide what you're truly feeling. That's pretty deep, isn't it? Most people never saw me with my mask off. Um, but you you um, you do it uh, subconsciously. You just do it to, like as a compensation. But actually, you know, being in mask and costume can actually empower a person. You can do things that you wouldn't normally do because you're not, you're not yourself. So yeah, it can be very positive. That's true. That's true because you you kind of uh, you feel protected in anonymity. Yeah, I mean, like think about like if you're wearing a t-shirt and shorts and you started doing like clown stuff. <laughs> you know it. You know it'd just be silly, but with the red nose and the big shoes right it just seems to work exactly it makes more sense you know not that clowns make sense but still <laughs> yeah gacy i guess uh yeah he was quite the clown <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um so give us an update on your current state uh basically um i'm still in the still in the the uh, moderate level um you know, I'm not sitting and just consistently crying or anything. It's just kind of a uh, very flat on the EQ. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, not um, immobile, not, you know, um, useless, for lack of a better term, uh, but not um, rare and ago. So yeah. just kind of, um, which is which is fine because, uh, you know, having to sit and wait this period out to get some spark back, um, which now we know we're dealing with even more parts of the brain than we thought to really get sort of almost like a domino effect, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it's, it's, you know, to be in that, that anhedonic type of state where it's just very blah and very flat. um, Your brain is not working sharp. Your memory is not, you know, your recall and, um, just ways of organizing your thoughts. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I apologize to you like 19 times preparing for the show. <laughs> so I'm just trying to get through it, you know, and, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting through it with, with just parts of the brain that are, that are working right now, at the moment. But granted they're working at half mast, uh, but there's, there's something there. Yeah. So did you, you actually went in and got your DBS adjusted recently, like twice, I think, right? Yeah. You know, I, I think he's really starting to feel bad. It's been a lot of years and, uh, a lot of ups and downs. And so he's been seeing me every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, um, he, he's been showing a lot, a lot more clear empathy, uh, towards the situation and, and probably a big part of him that wants to try and uh, 
you know, not necessarily find a solution, but uh, find something a little bit stronger. Well, yeah, and it's still useful data for him to collect as part of the study. No, you're right. Uh, and he's he's playing a little bit differently instead of us being, you know, we're a level. We're in, so the, the electrodes are placed according to the uh, readouts from the MEG studies. And then you have your intensity levels, like your volume knob, let's mm -hmm. say. Yep. Uh, that's at three. And then, you know, he could have said, oh, we can go to five, whatever. So we went to 3.5, three right. and a half to you and me. And then this other time, um, I said, what do you, you do for it? He said, no, 3.75. So... So he's being conservative. Yeah, it, it's 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 not uh, it's not so much you know how much electric current is going through. It's 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 finding the right amount and yeah. targeting targeting just that right spot. Yeah. So um, you know I trust him and and uh, and uh, hope to hell he knows what he's doing. <laughs> well, he's right. at so you're at three point seven five right now on the volume knob. Um, yeah. did you, you didn't feel anything right after the adjustment or no, 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 it's, uh, no, um, you'll feel the, if you're going to have any side effects from it, uh, IE maybe, you know, increased anxiety, just some discomfort, uh, maybe some head pain, um, that you'll typically feel within an hour or so, maybe two, mm -hmm. uh, as far as, um, you know, cognitive change. Um, you know, you usually got to give that a week or two. Right. Uh, so, but you know, uh, the last remission relapse, uh, roller coaster was about eight days, you know? So, um, the worst part about the brain being a mystery is that it could be tomorrow morning mm -hmm. and it could be 2018. Right. So, um, you know, I can't, I can't sit and ruminate about that because, uh, you know, I will start wearing women's underwear and running outside in a clown outfit and, you know, so I got to keep saying and keep, you, mean you don't, you don't do that already. I do. I just don't like it. Oh, like I would okay. really start to really become a fetish. Gotcha. Um, so, you know, I, I just, just trying to keep, keep my mind occupied yeah. Um, I bought omega-3 fish oil, um, vitamins, um, mm -hmm. taking that with some magnesium and some vitamins, um, and trying to eat some berries and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just to, to try not to, trying to, to, uh, because again, remember inflammation is, is been a big hot button, right. uh, when it comes to TRD, when it comes to dis-ease with, within a person's body in general. Mm -hmm. And that goes right from the gut to the brain. So uh, I'm trying to keep things like kind of lighter and yep. simpler. Um, it just seems logical and that's really all I have to go by other than, you know, just the research I'm doing. But, right. um, you know, uh, I think that's so, you know, day-to-day -day kind of deal. and and And... Where are we on the um, the peer support? Because I know that was something you were really excited about. Well, it's, it's taking it slow. I'm meeting with the Mood Disorder Association uh, again this this week, towards the end of the week, to 
complete the application process and mm -hmm. uh, just start the ball rolling. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll take it from there and take it day by day. Yep. And uh, I, I think it'll be okay. I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that, you know, timing will be on my side yeah. and, um, you know, just stay positive. So I know that, um, that one thing that a lot of people really need is support, uh, peer support, family support, uh, just other people in their lives in general who understand what they're going through or, or at least can help them get, help them get through it. Uh, I know in your case, that's, that's pretty tough. You don't have that many people around you who get it. Well, and that's, it's not atypical with the disease. Um, it's, uh, you know, people, again, they run away because they, you know, they just don't understand. Um, and, you know, it's just, um, it's, it's, uh, it's very hard, uh, because even if you, um, if the DBS starts working and start, uh, starts calming and helping certain parts of the brain work better, there's still all this, uh, cognitive distortion and dissonance that, uh, has developed that is, you know, still the other half Right. Um, and that normally would then, that's when, you know, just like I say to you, if I'm feeling a little bit better, then I got to jump on an activity or, or like do it while I've got the opportunity. Right. So that's when you, now you're the opportunity to go to your psychotherapist to do CBT work, mm -hmm. uh, and to see your social worker and to do, um, certain, uh, psychoanalysis and things. But Unfortunately, in Canada, um, the big weak link in the healthcare system is that psychologists and social workers, all, all these very, they're not scientists, but they're key pieces to the puzzle. Um, they're not covered. Uh, it's, you know, it's having peanut butter without the jelly. Hmm. Um, and um, that's that really sucks um so they cover things like brain surgery but they don't cover uh actual therapy with a psychiatrist or that's right and they yeah. and and you know i i, I can't see them doing uh, um i mean i'm really not sure who's on the board um you know at uh, ontario disability and health canada i mean i would think there are physicians mm -hmm. but if you're talking about somebody having to have brain surgery then you know there are synapse issues and neurotransmitters uh, issues. Mm -hmm. So proper diet, as we've talked about, you know, a few times, um, can stimulate neurotransmitters and things. But you know, cans of cream corn processed uh, sitting on a shelf for two years are not going to do that for you. Right, and they just don't give you enough to give your body the fuel it needs. Um, yeah. So. It's a real weak link, and that's where advocacy comes in. Um, and you know, uh, there's still a stigma, of course. Yeah. Um, you know, um, but you know, the, the more we talk about this in the way we're talking about it from a neurological perspective, um, this is a disease, uh, just like anything, just like. You know, the other neurological diseases I'm always saying, but just like uh, diabetes and just like anything serious, uh, 
with actually a higher mortality rate. Right. So uh, even more serious. Exactly. Uh, and, you know, we had uh, Matt Maloney on last show, uh, and he was great in talking um, about, you know, the autism spectrum disorder. Oh, yeah, he was um, fantastic. Yeah, and his, you know, you know, one thing he hasn't had to deal too much with is is the ADHD. Um, and um, ADHD, and I know I've explained this to you in the past, but there's, there's uh, childhood ADHD. Mm-hmm. And there's what they call adult ADHD. And it's as simple as just not being dealt with properly as a child because it wasn't properly diagnosed. Right. Um, and the the two are, uh, you know, adult ADD is so much worse that you can compare it to like childhood diabetes versus type 2. Right. You know, it's, it's that serious. So there again, um, you know, we, we, we don't have that, that support from the government, uh, mm-hmm. to, to really, you know, address these kids early. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's really unfortunate, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's a, a lot, there are long wait times for therapy for children with, with ADHD. Um, uh, and it's leaving a lot of parents, you know, wondering about the effectiveness of Ontario's current strategy. Right. Um, so, you know, you're seeing some success in some areas, um, but, uh, you know, obviously science has shown therapy to be crucial in treatment of ADD. Right. Uh, and in some cases, therapy has been shown to reduce medication and actually even get rid of it altogether. Wow. Um, you know, if you don't have to give a kid Adderall, uh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, it's not altogether great for it. Although, you know, if they truly have the, the hyperactivity component, at least a lack of focus, um, you know, it doesn't have that speed effect. It's, it's quite the opposite, which is very uh, interesting. Right. Uh, well, Adderall and, and Adderall is one of those drugs that can be abused by non ADD people. Oh, it's it's more than I mean it's um you know it's in the same family as methamphetamine, dextroamphetamine, amphetamine. So uh it's a big drug used in colleges to stay up all night to study, mm-hmm. yeah. uh to party. Um you know enhance, has an enhancement effect to either alcohol or, or marijuana or that type of thing. Right. Um so you know, uh, yeah, there's definitely, and, and I've abused it myself several times and that's where I've gotten into, to, to trouble. So, you know, I've kept that in check because again, you know, this is, this is, uh, you know, this is the last round here. So I gotta, I gotta play everything by the book and and do whatever I can to, to advocate for myself first. Yeah. Well, I think you told me in the past that when, uh, Sometimes you'll take Adderall to to focus, but it does sometimes give you an effect of, um, I guess, depressing you uh, a little bit more. It, was that right? Am I getting that right? No, no, no. Actually, it has an antidepressant effect. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's purely the relationship of of energy, of having any physical energy mm-hmm. when you're when you're uh, intensely depressed, severely depressed. Your completely sapped of energy you're right. just 
you're just a ball of mush. But as far as that ADD thing, you know, it must, you know, something has to change. Um, and, and even the, uh, you know, uh, American Academy of Pediatrics recommends preschool children like four to five try therapy first before medication. Right. Uh, but because of the long waiting list, children with ADD aren't able to access that therapy quick enough, at least here in Toronto. So they're given the drugs way too early, basically. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, uh, it's something, but it's, it's not, uh, that's, you know, it's not, it's not correcting, yeah. um, you know, those learned behaviors that need to be corrected. It's, it's a, you know, it's a pill. Right. Um, so, you know, uh, peer support's very important. And, um, and as you mentioned, you started to mention about, um, you know, again, you, the DBS could be working on a physical, neurological, biochemical level. Mm-hmm. But then there's all this cognitive distortion. Um, we're social creatures, and I've kept myself socially isolated for decades. Yep. Uh, there's a lot of trauma and a lot of damage there, and uh, the people that you need most um, are not there. And right. you know, and and that's bad. And we do have a clip from uh, my main squeeze, Dr. Peter Jacoby. Uh, that I found that I think is is perfectly relevant for that. If if you want to play that, uh, just to give give everyone sort of a frame of reference, and then I can uh, just sort of elaborate on it. Sure. Uh, here's Dr. Jacoby. So we're thinking about depression as a sad state that's normal, but somehow the brain gets stuck. And that may be due to some difficulties in turning off the sad state that might be due to psychological or biological factors. And so we talked about this, about a third of depression is thought to be genetic. And this is from a variety of of different settings. Uh, So what that means is two thirds of depression is thought to be environmental. And this uh, is not necessarily a sad note. This is actually a positive note because we know that in uh, depression, social supports are incredibly important. So this is a slide that looked at a group from the UK with treatment-resistant depression and then characterized them by the amount of support they had at home and in their, in, in their communities. And what they found was those with low supports, and that's the light blue line there, about half of them relapsed after being adequately treated, but half of them relapsed within two years. When you look at those with strong supports, most of them stayed well till the end of the study, which was over five years later. So the good work that you're doing with the Mood Disorders Association of Ontario and the support group here in Guelph does pay dividends. And in the long term, it can help people stay well. So it's not all uh, a sad story or a dire story. In fact, there's a lot that we can do, uh, even though we can't change our genes at this point in time. Well, so you can see that given that there are other environmental factors and, of course, all that uh, cognitive Maki muck uh, that must be dealt with. Um, peer support is so incredibly uh, important. Yeah. And um, I actually found a study. Um, it's according to a new analysis published in the uh, General Hospital Psychiatry Journal uh, is that peer support may do a better job of treating depression than traditional, uh, traditional care. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's based on research conducted. Um, nearly one third of depressed patients had 
significantly or noteworthy uh, symptoms after being treated by four different medications for their conditions. Um, on top of that, uh, even those that were deemed cured by their treatments were found to relapse within half a year. Mm. So for the purposes of the analysis, there are uh, 14 studies relating to depression and peer support uh, were utilized. Uh, all of the studies had individuals that were depressed uh, randomly assigned to receive peer support uh, with at least one other person um, and uh, uh, or, or one of uh, three types of treatment, including standard care, uh, CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, or both. Mm-hmm. And uh, all uh, all in all, 869 participants were included in that study. Um, so this gentleman, Dr. Uh, Paul Pfeiffer, uh, he served as one of the researchers involved in the study, noted that support groups work better to regulate care. Uh, so that being said, support groups didn't do any better uh, than cognitive behavioral therapy did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so given the high level of, of functional burden imposed by depression uh, all across the world, uh, peer support for depression uh, should also be studied as a, a potentially low-cost, key term there, uh, intervention in primary care uh, or other settings where more established but costly depression services are unavailable. And that's you know sort of what they they concluded but these latest findings if nothing else uh they they reinforce uh that there are a variety of of effective options out there for individuals that might be struggling with depression um and you know we need to find them and and you know work out the cost then but it could be even a lower cost so are they talking specifically about uh trained peer support like actual professional peer support as opposed to having friends and family who support you well well yeah because peer support is is very unique uh you know peer support is is basically uh i mean you have to have the ability to to converse with people and and connect with people and be empathetic and i've always had all that Mm-hmm. But I've also been through hell and back. Um, one of the prerequisites to be a peer support uh, counselor or worker uh, is having been through hell and back. Right. Uh, they can see it in your eyes. You can reach people that otherwise cannot be reached. Um, you know, one of the first things you start thinking when you're in deep in therapy with a psychiatrist is, well, what the hell does he know? He doesn't know, you know. He's just waiting to go home to his kids and TV and whatever, mm-hmm. you know, um, according to, to this, uh, peer support training, uh, that I was looking at, um, uh, it's explained as a naturally occurring, mutually beneficial support process where people who share a common experience meet as equals sharing skills, strength, and hope mm. learning from each other, how to cope, uh, thrive and flourish. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, it begins when, when people with lived experience who, who get also this specialized training, um, 
they assume this unique, dedicated uh, role with within mental health and the whole mental health mm-hmm. care system. Yeah, uh, you know, and it specialized peer support training is is peer developed, delivered, and endorsed uh, by consumer survivor initiatives, um, and you know, it's it's rooted in principles of recovery, hope, and empowerment, individual empowerment and advocacy and, you know, being the squeaky wheel and, and, and yeah, that obviously, you know, you got to feel that you're an important person, but you know, the bottom line is, you know, you've said it before that I'm very well qualified, qualified for it because not only do I have those, uh, abilities to connect with people, Mm -hmm. um, but my case is about as severe and rare as you can find. So uh, if I can do it, then I've got these, you know, crazy antennae from the top of my head. Um, <laughs> you know, you're going to make it. You're going to be fine. Right. Exactly. You know, so and then now I'm educating myself on, on all the latest stages that are, studies that are coming out and, and, and papers and, and thought processes from all different types of uh, clinicians. And that only helps me to say, hey, this is coming, that's coming, that's already here. Mm-hmm. You know, some people have no clue what DBS is, you right. know. They're just figuring, well, you know, that's it. Yeah. So it, it's very important. So, yeah, obviously peer support, uh, professional peer support like that uh, with someone who has been trained, who's been through hell and back, and can relate to the person they're supporting is key. I mean, that is, that's obvious. Uh, and it should be available to everyone. Uh, but at the same time, you can't discount being surrounded by friends and family who do understand. And unfortunately, that's not always the case. Um, like you said, uh, you tend to, people that, that uh, have these sort of uh, mental illnesses tend to drive people away or people just tend to move away from them because they don't understand it. Um, but uh, I, I feel like people like, like Matt Maloney, who does get it, uh, he's the perfect person to, to, to keep in your life, you know? Uh, I was thinking you, but yeah, that's, that's exactly. Well, I'm already and, and here. To, I'm already here. No, I, so <laughs> That's right. And I, and I'm collecting those people and, uh, people I'm reacquainting with, uh, volunteering and, mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, at least having for lack of a better word, peers, um, right. but people, you know, we do the same thing. We think the same way and we can share ideas and, yeah. um, you know, make each other feel valuable and reach a common goal. Right. Uh, so yeah, the, the, the family thing is, um, unfortunately is, it's really, you know, the more I learn and the more I think about it, the more we talk about this, um, you know, it, it's really a, a tragedy, yeah. um, in, in what's going on and, and not getting the unconditional support. Um, you know, it, it, it's just a part of that. Again, it's that other half mm-hmm. where you really are never truly, um, in remission, you know, yeah. you're, you're fighting against relapse. Uh, depression, uh, depression can be especially cruel 
uh, in that, it, you know, as I've said, it doesn't, uh, you know, just affect the depressed person, but everyone around them. Right. Uh, you know, so uh, someone who's depressed can be very difficult and draining to deal with. And, you know, what makes it so cruel is that, you know, as a depressed person's relationship becomes strained, you know, to the point where others actively avoid having anything to do with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, this further contributes to a worsening self-image for the depressed person and makes the person feel even more isolated, yeah. uh, intensifying the depression. Right. And then you have even more, uh, you know, missed signals in the brain and you're causing more uh, neuropathy. And, yeah. um, you know, so if you're getting the, the idea that depression is an exceedingly heinous illness, uh, you know, preventing people that it afflicts from finding treatment and just plunging them in this ever deeper isolation, uh, then you understand just how horrible this disease is. Yeah. Um, there's no other disease, physical or mental, uh, reinforces and feeds itself like depression does. Right. So it's, you know, it's like the little shop of horrors, you know, it just, it just keep feeding and feeding and, um, Depressed patients have to learn how to understand how their illness affects other people. I mean, that, you know, and I'm very aware of that. And, you know, I guess because I know the subject matter um, a decent amount, but, uh, you know, I'm always thinking about the other person. I was taught that way. Right. Um, but, you know, we expect that, that their relationships uh, will not be what they were. Uh, but the same token, those around them, they, they must understand that this is not the person, right? but it's the illness, uh, which is such an inconvenience, you know, the, the best way for them to be, um, relieved of the stress is to help the patient towards recovery. Mm -hmm. You know, this means getting the person into treatment if, if needed, or if, if he or she isn't already doing that or. Uh, retaining uh, supportive, uh, no matter how difficult it might be, because um, often the depression causes patients to drive others away. So, you know, it can be it could be a daunting task, right? No doubt. But you know, as I as I heard once, and I I hate to say it was on Doctor Phil, but you know, it's um, you know, how long you know if you, if your child is lost in the dark. Uh, in some cave, you know, how long are you going to keep looking for them with the flashlights? Like a day, a week, a year, mm -hmm. or till you find them? Right. And you know, friends and family must remember that the depression, the, the depression patient, did not ask for this illness, mm -hmm. and it, it's not a character flaw. And the patient, you know, often doesn't have really any control over what he or she does especially once you're into those moderate to severe categories right uh and, and you've got three four or five different parts of your brain um you know just flipping out uh they can't afford to take the symptoms of depression um you know it, you just you end up standing on a chair like robin williams and saying i i can't do it anymore yeah. Well, and this is why advocacy is so important 
and removing the stigma surrounding mental illness. We need more and more people to understand that there is a victim here. It's not just someone's personality. It's not just someone being being that way or whatever. You have to understand that it is a disease. It's an illness. It's something that needs treatment. And and that's what we're here for is to to let people understand that, to to get the word out that uh it's you know, no one's at fault here. It's, it's that's right. And you you know, when we had the the, the suicide uh world suicide prevention uh day, you remember and mm-hmm. uh people were lighting candles at eight o'clock and you know what? No, I think it should be, you know, just like live live strong where they went on a bike race they're wearing live strong bracelets yeah. mm-hmm. and uh they're people who hey i have that shirt you're wearing that shirt brotherhood together you know right right uh, playing your favorite music going to a concert that's dedicated to it or yeah you know but things that we can relate to not you know not that kind of that that's not you know, everyday life type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, what's really going to hit home for at least, um, a lot of different age groups and different types of people, you know, yeah. we want to try and hit the masses and, you know, it's a numbers game. Right. Um, so, you know, we've said how important it is. And I, I think, uh, cause I'm running out of the gas and, uh, I, I want to tell you or read to you um, a few quotes that really perfectly explain what depression feels like. Okay. And I've told you it's really hard to put it into words, but a couple of these guys did pretty good. Uh, the first one's actually from Elizabeth Wurzel uh, from Prozac Nation. Some friends don't understand this. They don't understand how desperate I am to have somebody say I love you and I support you just the way you are because you're wonderful just the way you are. They don't understand that I can't remember anyone ever saying that to me. I'm so demanding and difficult for my friends because I want to crumble and fall apart before them so that they will Love me even though I am no fun, lying in bed, crying all the time, not moving. Depression is all about if you loved me, you would. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. This one's by uh, Margaret Atwood um, from Cat's Eye. I don't want to see anyone. I lie in the bedroom with the curtains drawn and nothingness washing over me like a sluggish wave whatever is happening to me is my own fault i've done something wrong something so huge i can't even see it something that's drowning me i'm inadequate and stupid without worth i might as well be dead i can't tell you how many times i've thought that exact almost the exact same words i'm sure you're not the only one no, definitely not. This uh, distorted thinking, that's because I'm sure that's not reality. No, because when, when you know, the DBS starts activating certain key parts of the brain, the amygdala, the, you know, the limbic system, um, I just say, no, that, that's, that's crap. That's just like what I was told that triggered me last week and I told you about, mm-hmm. you know, that's their thing, not my thing. And if I can distinguish that, that's a big that's a big step right 
I'll leave you with just two more ones from uh, Jeffrey Eugenides from The Marriage Plot. Depression is like a bruise that never goes away, a bruise in your mind. You've just got to be careful not to touch it where it hurts. It's always there, though. And this one is from writer J.K. Rowling. Um, Depression is the most unpleasant thing I've ever experienced. It is that absence of being able to picture that you will ever be cheerful again. The absence of hope, that very deadened feeling, which is so very different from feeling sad. Sad hurts, but it's a healthy feeling. It's a necessary thing to feel. Depression is very different. Hmm. So as one person who's gone through you know, hellish cancer treatment. Um, uh, depression's won this game. Yeah. Uh, so I advise everyone to to really, you know, don't just shake your head or nod your head yes and say yes, advocacy. And it, we need you to get out there and do it. Please call and and, and write to us and 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 um, hey, at least encourage us on. You yes. know, uh, but but uh, you know. Everybody's got to do their part and at least think about it. At least it's it's one of the priorities in our culture today. And if you catch someone saying something or acting a certain way uh, in in regards to someone who who's depressed or has a, a mental illness, speak up. You know, say something and and you know let them know that it's not. Um, it's not what they think it is. It's, it's, it's not that person's fault. It's, uh, you know, be an advocate everywhere you go. Uh, without sounding too crass, it's not that difficult if you pay attention to your children. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if, you know, if they have two friends uh, that they see every weekend or every day after school uh, and they're f- sort of the fringe kids as well um and they're not going to prom and they're not going to dances and they never bring girls over and i mean if that's not a sign you know yeah so uh if you see things like that uh that's clearly a a, you know a a social anxiety a social phobic type of disease Mm -hmm. uh and um you usually can't live with just that, um, right. you know, so, and if you see, of course, things changing because these things, again, are not always genetic and don't always start early in life. Like with me, uh, these can be developed, uh, just trauma in the brain. They might've fallen off their bicycle mm-hmm. as we've talked before and, and caused a lesion in the brain. And, uh, you know, uh, so, you need to uh, to recognize patterns and stay communicating with your children, and uh, you know encourage them and you know help them as best you can. So uh, that's where we're going to keep this. I hope the next time we talk uh, that there's uh, you know some significant improvement and yes. um, and and you know we keep going from here. And I'm very excited to start working with the MDAO again and, and, and speaking and, um, and really, uh, enlarging our audience and, and just, just really, uh, 
pulling this thing off and, and changing my life. Yeah. And I think peer support is, is a great step in that direction. I mean, you're, you're made for it for sure. And I think it'll be helpful for you as well because you'll be supporting someone. It'll make you feel good, but at the same time, they're kind of supporting you too. So, uh, I think it's, it's nothing but good. That's it. And you get those things under the experience and the, the successes under your belt. And, uh, you know, you, I can really become a real weapon in the arsenal of, of advocacy and, and, and support out there and, and awareness. Absolutely. Excellent. So that's our show for tonight. Uh, we want to thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Please follow us on Twitter at UnhingedPC and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash unhingedpodcast. Also be sure to check out our website if you haven't done so already. It's at unhingedpodcast.com. We'll see you all next week. Take care. Take care.